Hey everyone, today we are here to answer the question, why and how should I pray? Well, welcome to The Pursuit, a podcast of Cross Point City Church, where we take a deeper dive in the passage from last week's sermon. My name is Mike Anthony. I'm here with our lead pastor, James Griffin. And James, if you remember before the break, so we had just gotten through Christmas and New Year's, we talked about how we were going to put a pause on the John series. Yeah, yeah. And we were going to start out 2023 with um, a, a separate series right. for four weeks about how we can know God. Yeah. Right. Yep. So we we just got through the first week. We talked about prayer. Yep. So let's let's do that quick recap. Okay. Again, let's get everybody on the same page, and yeah, then we're yeah. going to kind of dive into that. Yeah. A no, bit. I love that. Yeah. I, I'll start with the series since you went ahead and brought it up. Yeah. You know, the series called "To Know the King." Um, I talked a bit about this in the sermon this past week. Not. Not nearly in the detail I've covered it in uh, in past sermons, but you know the story of the Bible is really a story about God's kingdom, mm-hmm. which is to say His rule and His reign over His world. And so, if you go back to the very beginning, Genesis chapter one, you see God creating all things, and then He makes these people, Adam and Eve, our first parents, and He puts them in charge, mm-hmm. basically establishes them as kings and queens over creation. And so, their job was really simple: be fruitful, be uh, multiply, have dominion. And so, the call was to rule and reign over creation on God's behalf. And uh, they did well for like two chapters, yeah. and uh, and then they blew it. Okay. <laughs> But in Genesis 3, we see them sin, rebel against God. They did the one thing God asked them not to do. And as a result of their sin, this new and alternate kingdom was produced. It's called the kingdom of sin and death. Mm -hmm. And as I've explained many times, this is why our world is so broken. You know, I I said it in the sermon this weekend, we all know things aren't right in our world. Uh, There's a lot that bothers us and, and rightfully so. And the reason the world's broken is not because God is absent, but because this other kingdom is present. Yeah. But praise God, he's doing something about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we see it in Genesis 3.15, the first glimpse of the gospel in the Bible, where God sets in, in motion this plan to take his world back, and his plan was Jesus. And so Christ ultimately came into the world 2,000 years ago to inaugurate, to establish the kingdom of God. He started this process of, of taking the world back, reestablishing his rule and his reign. And we believe that Jesus is king right now, mm-hmm. um, that he lived, he died, he rose again, he ascended, he's seated at the right hand of God on the throne of heaven. One day he's returning and he's going to set all things right. But we believe right now in present time, we can know King Jesus yeah. in a personal way. And this is the beauty of our Christian faith. And it, and it really makes Christianity distinct from other belief systems. The fact that our God came close in the person of Christ, mm-hmm. that he came here to live among us in yeah. the brokenness of this world. And he did for us what we could not do for ourselves, which was to save us. And now Jesus, who is resurrected and alive, he invites us into a relationship with him. And so it's more than just knowing about him, it's, it's knowing him in an experiential way. Mm-hmm. And so I love it. We have friends, we have spouses, we have kids, and, and we know what experiential knowledge is like. Right. And King Jesus invites us into experiential knowledge, a personal relationship. And the way that we engage in that relationship is through spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. 
And so he's not only made the way for us to be in relationship, but he's given us the tools and the resources so that we can engage in the relationship. And you said it a moment ago, we started this week by talking about prayer. Um, this beautiful gift that God has given us that is made possible by Jesus Christ and him alone. Yeah, You know, as I explained before, the cross of Jesus Christ, sinners like you and me, we couldn't just walk up into the presence of God mm-hmm. and speak to him anytime or any way we wanted. But Jesus made the way for us to do that. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ, as he hung on the cross, there's this veil in the temple that cut off the presence of God where mm-hmm. it resided in, in Jerusalem, cut off the presence of God from the rest of the temple. Yeah. And that veil really signified the fact that the presence of God was off limits to sinners. But as Christ was on the cross, God reached down and he tore that veil in two from top to bottom mm-hmm. and he opened the way. Yeah. And so now we're invited in to come to the throne of God anytime we want with confidence and to speak to him and Christ makes it possible. And so as we talked about prayer this week and the great gift that it is, you know, I just went old school, went to the classic passage, you know, yeah. the famous Lord's Prayer passage sure, yeah. where Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount teaches his disciples how not to pray and then how to pray. Yeah. And I love it. He starts with don't pray like the hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And so don't make prayer a show, okay? Yeah. Uh, don't pray to be seen and heard by people if, if that's what you do. That's your reward. You're seen and heard by people. Mm-hmm. And then he also says, and don't pray like the heathens or the pagans who just prayed these really long, annoying prayers, right? They, yeah. they thought that they needed to bother <laughs> their gods in a way to get them to listen and to respond. And I love what Jesus says. You don't need to pray like that because your God's not like that. Yeah, Your God is a father. And we see this in the, in the address of prayer that we are to pray to our father in heaven. Yeah. And so Christ reminds us of his fatherly love, the fact that God cares deeply for us as sons and daughters. And then at the same time, we see his sovereign power. Mm -hmm. Uh, That God is in heaven means that he is omnipotent. He can do anything. Nothing's too hard for him. And so in light of that, Jesus gives us some things to pray for. Uh, We covered these God be known. Mm -hmm. And so in prayer, we're, we're to ask God to reveal himself to his world so that people will see that he's holy, he's set apart, he is other. We pray for God to take over. Uh, In light of the fact that things aren't right, we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, come set things right. Yeah. We pray for provision. Give us this day our daily bread. And uh, this really stuck out to me, man, when I was studying and writing this week, the idea that we ask for limited provision. Mm -hmm. So we don't ask for what we need for like the rest of our lives. (laughs) It's it's literally... God, give me what I need for today. Right. It's amazing to me. I was texting a friend about this just a couple of days ago. It's amazing to me when you study the gospels and you see the call of Jesus to follow him, mm-hmm. how much emphasis he places on today. Yeah. So if you think about that, like, hey, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily yeah. and follow me. Mm-hmm. And then he says in the Lord's prayer, give us this day, our daily bread. He says in the Sermon on the Mount, don't worry about tomorrow for today has enough trouble of its own. Yes and amen. We can all testify to that. (laughs) And so there's something about living in the present and and asking God for what we need today, right now, so that we can hallow his name, make him known, Mm -hmm. and so that we can live kingdom lives, so that we can be a part of him taking over his world. And then we ask God to forgive And uh, as I said in the sermon, this is about us bringing our sin to God Mm -hmm. and asking him to release us from the payment that we owe. 
And we can do that because Christ made a payment on our behalf at the cross. But at the same time, we ask for a spirit of forgiveness yeah. because Jesus says that we forgive as, or we ask for forgiveness as we forgive others. Mm-hmm. So it's like two pedals on a bike, you know? Yeah. God forgive me and help me to forgive them. Yeah. And so it's forgiveness and a spirit of forgiveness. And then finally, we pray for deliverance mm-hmm. from temptation and the enemy because we're in a battle. Yeah. We are in a war. And we do have a very real enemy who is warring against our souls, our relationships, and the way that we go to war against him and temptation is through prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, We go and we claim the victory that is ours because of Jesus Christ. So again, prayer is this beautiful gift. Uh, I hate the fact, and I'm, I'm speaking for all of us, myself included, I hate the fact that it is so neglected. Yeah. If you think about what it is, that God in grace and kindness has made a way for us to have a direct line to him. And then we don't do it. It's like, man, what are we thinking? Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, in times of need, in times of struggle, how we just take life into our own hands and we're like, I'll fix it, I'll do it, I got it. (laughs) Instead of going to our father who is in heaven. Yeah the one who loves us deeply, the one who can do anything and just going, hey, um, will you meet me where I am and give me what I need so that I can be who you've called me to be in your world? We neglect it far too often. I think there's many reasons for for that, but I, I just yeah. pray here at Cross Point City Church. And if you're listening and you don't go to our church, we're glad you're with us. But I pray for all of us, man, that we yeah. would be a people who refuse to neglect this great gift that is prayer. Well, it makes me think of when you're talking about the veil mm-hmm. being torn Right, so the I'm thinking about that first century Jew that for years and years and years would see that temple and know that they were never going to be yeah able to be in the presence of God or right. commune with Him or any of those things um, that that was always going to be kind of at arm's reach yeah. and then all of a sudden the door gets opened up and <laughs> hey guess what you can talk anytime it's crazy you can commune it? with your God yeah. at any time any place anywhere through the Holy Spirit yeah. Um, Sometimes I I wonder as you were describing that like what would they think of us, mm-hmm. you know? As cause what you're talking about, like like I agree. I think that prayer is one of the most neglected, and there's a variety of reasons we're going to get into. But yeah, uh, it is often very neglected. Um, I'm curious what they would think about us just kind of throwing that to the wind, right? Right, right, right. Uh, and then also, you know. I kind of imagine too, like, you know, us trying to do everything on our own power and we're not taking it to the Lord. We're not doing these things. And God's just kind of sitting up there with a cup of coffee, like yeah. just sipping on it. like, okay, let me know when you get tired. Right. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know about you, man, but I do this with my own kids all yeah. the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got one child. I won't, I won't say which one it is, but I've got one child one at home who is very much like me. Mm-hmm. She is like type A, very stubborn. Yeah. Um, likes to fight about everything, like, you know, Enneagram eight through and through. (laughs) And this girl, man, I will watch her get so frustrated at times because she can't do something or something's not working in the Mm -hmm. way that it's meant to work. And I'll just sit there and watch her lose her mind without interjecting myself. Yeah. Just so that she is forced at some point to go, dad, will you help? Sure. And I think a lot of times <laughs> it's all the Lord is waiting on, you know, it's he- yeah. here we are mm-hmm. trying to control all these different aspects of our lives, thinking yeah. we got it and we can do it and we're losing our minds and we're freaking out and we're so frustrated. 
And to your point, our father who loves us and who is in heaven and who can do anything, just waiting like, mm-hmm. hey, if, if you'll come to me, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you in the midst of that. I'll, I'll give you some help. But I think he's, he's just waiting on us to exhibit that type of faith. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were talking about this episode, we talked about, we thought it would be valuable for the people listening that we get just really practical yeah. around prayer. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I think that as I was kind of thinking through this, and I, you have pointed this out before as well, that there, there's two typical reasons that people don't understand why they need to pray or even want to pray. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I would call it two sides of the same coin. So, okay. you know, the one argument is the sovereignty of God. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So God's in control of everything. God's <laughs> going to do what he wants. Yep. What difference does it make if I pray? Right. I'm not changing his mind, so yeah, yeah. he's going to do what he wants. So I'm. there's no reason to pray. Yeah. Uh, but then the flip side of that coin too, I think, is that, well, I tried praying mm-hmm. and I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Or he didn't answer my prayer in the way I wanted him to or, right. you know, the many different kind of ways that can be fleshed out. Yeah. Um, and then they just stop praying. It's like, well, I tried it a couple of times. It didn't go for, go well for me. So what's the point? Right. Uh, so let's, I say, let's talk about why. Yeah. Right. And we, we've hit on it a little bit, but, you know, in hard to believe in 40 minutes, you couldn't cover the entirety of prayer <laughs> <laughs> in a 40 minute sermon. Maybe if I had five uh, extra minutes. Five, yeah. Yeah. So we got yeah. a little bit more time here. That's so right. let, let's, yeah. let's dig into okay. why we should pray before we yeah, start talking about yeah. how to. No, I think that's great. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll repeat some of what I said over the weekend and maybe use some new language as well. But, you know, the primary purpose of prayer, as I said, is not us bringing our wish list to God. It is us bringing ourselves to God. Yeah. This is it. Um, we are weak, needy, dependent creatures who who are all in need of God showing up in our lives and doing things that we simply cannot do for mm-hmm. ourselves. And prayer really is that confession of weakness. Yeah. To say, God, I, I, don't, I don't have it. I don't have the strength that it takes. Um, I don't have the ability to walk through life on my own. I realize I wasn't created to walk through life on my own. And so when we pray, when we pray, we are acknowledging our dependency upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so prayer is so much bigger than us just bringing lists and needs and asking for things yeah. and getting things. No, in prayer, we bring ourselves to God and the reward of prayers that we get God. Mm-hmm. Um, another way I could say it, the primary purpose of prayer is practicing the presence of God. Yeah. And again, it goes back to what I said about Christ making the way. Warren Wearsby called prayer a miracle. Mm-hmm. And it is a miracle that sinners like you and me can walk into the presence of a holy, sovereign God and not only speak to him, but be heard by him. Yeah. And that our God would care enough to listen. He pays attention. It's crazy. Yeah that he cares so much about the details of our lives that he invites us to bring all of our cares, all of our anxieties to him, to cast them upon him, and that his desire is to meet us where we are and to be for us all that we need. This mm-hmm. is what God offers, and this is what is available in prayer, yeah. which again is why we don't neglect the gift, but we use the gift every chance that we get, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But that is the primary purpose of prayer, mm-hmm. to acknowledge our need for God, and to get God, yeah. to pursue and to practice his presence. Now, outside of that, I think there are some secondary purposes of prayer, and there's a bunch. I, I didn't bring the whole list. I've, <laughs> over the past few years, I've written a lot of content on this, and uh, I thought it was 
too much for the podcast. So I just brought yeah. some with me. And I just thought- we Pick could, your favorites. Okay, that's right. That's right. I thought we could just walk through some of these, man. Um, and so let me just start with this. What, why pray outside of the primary purpose? Number one, to obey the word of God. Yeah. So prayer is actually an obedience issue. Mm -hmm. In the Bible, we are commanded to pray. And this is not meant to be a burden, but a blessing. Yeah. I, and I'll just remind us, God doesn't give us rules and commands and boundaries to make our lives miserable. Mm -hmm. He does so to ensure our joy and our freedom. Yeah. The commands of God are meant not only to glorify him, but but they're meant to be good for us. And so this command to pray, again, it's a gift. Like mm -hmm. God's trying to give us something. Yeah. But we see it in the Bible. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, Romans 12, 12. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving, Colossians 4, 2. Uh, pray without ceasing, First mm -hmm. Thessalonians 5, 17. And so again, what we see in God's word is, hey, pray. Yeah. Come and talk to me. Come and speak to me. Come and, and bring your burdens to me. Live each day with this mindset and this attitude of prayer. I thought this uh, quote from John Calvin was pretty great. He said that God ordained prayer not so much for his own sake as for ours. Now he wills as is right that his due be rendered to him in the recognition that everything men desire and account uh, conducive to their own profit comes from him and in the attestation of this by prayers. But the profit of this sacrifice also by which he, by which he is worshiped returns to us. Yeah. And so again, yeah, it's meant to honor God, but in it, God blesses us. God gives good things to us. And so we pray to obey. Yeah. Second thing, we pray to give thanks. And again, you see that all throughout the Bible in the Old and New Testament. I'll just read a couple verses. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 106.1. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.18 give thanks in all circumstances mm -hmm. for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Yeah. Now, um, with that said, I know that for many people, life is really hard at times, Yeah, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say what, what needs to be said. Here's the honest truth. We can all find something to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even, <laughs> even when life is really, really hard. Yeah. And if you're listening and going, well, I don't have anything. Okay, let me ask you this. Has God saved you? Mm-hmm. Do you know Christ? Yeah. Has he plucked you out of death and hell and brought you into his family and into his kingdom? Thank God for that. Yeah. Thank God that you can know him, that you can call on him as father. And if you have nothing else, you at least have that, you know? Yeah. But let's just be honest here in the great United States of America, we probably have more than that. <laughs> like that's the ultimate gift, yeah. okay? And so I don't I don't want to um I don't want to uh, take away from that in any way, but but James also says that every good gift that we have in life comes from God. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure we can all look around at life and go, okay, well, I got a job and I got food on the table yeah. and I've got a set of clothes on my back and I've got that car in the driveway and I've got a place to live. Yeah. And, you know, man, I probably got a phone. I can call people. I, I mean, we keep <laughs> going, but there are gifts in your life that you possess that you probably take for granted. Yeah. And all of those come from the hand of God. Mm -hmm. And so in prayer, we go and we give thanks to him, even in times of hardship. Yeah. You want to keep going? Let's get a couple more. Okay, a couple more. Uh, we pray to participate in God's work. Okay. So this kind of goes back to what you were talking about a minute ago with sovereignty. Okay, if God's going to do what God's going to do, why do we need to pray? <laughs> What's the point? Right, and, and here would be the answer. 
because God has ordained prayer as the means by which he accomplishes his work in the world. Mm -hmm. There's this great quote from Sam Storms. He says, we must never presume God will grant us apart from prayer what he has ordained to grant us only by means of prayer. Yeah. Here's the point, right? There are things that God wants to do in our world and in our lives. He's ordained to do these things, okay? He's determined to do these things, but he's waiting on us to ask. Yeah. Because prayer is the means by which he accomplishes his work in our world. And here's what's so incredible. He wants to involve us in that work. Mm -hmm. And so he waits for us to pray. He's ordained to do things, and he's waiting on us to ask. And when we ask, guess what he does? He goes to work. Yeah. Uh, there's some biblical examples of this. One is in 2 Kings 20. There's this king, Hezekiah. He's about to die, and he knows he's about to die. And so mm -hmm. he cries out. He's like, Lord, please don't let me die. And God actually extends his life yeah. in response to the prayer that he prayed. Uh, another example in Exodus 32, you know, Mal Moses is, is coming off Mount Sinai, the crazy heathen people of Israel. They have already <laughs> fallen into sin. And um, and God, man, he's angry. He's not happy. He's like, I'm going to take these people out. Mm -hmm. And Moses pleads with God, like, God, come on, man, don't do this. Yeah. If you do this, all these other nations are going to think you brought these people out here just to slaughter them. So please don't do this. And God relents. Yeah. He relents. And a lot of people will read texts like that and go, oh, well, God changed his mind. And I would go, no, he didn't Yeah. because God doesn't change. Right. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Uh, what happened is this. What God had already ordained to do, he did. Mm -hmm. And he allowed Hezekiah and Moses to be a part of what he had ordained to do by their prayers. Yeah. And so this was not God changing in response to their prayers. This was God doing what he was determined to do, but he included them in that work. Right. And so this is why we pray, so that we can be a part of God's work in his world. Um, I'll give, I'll give a few more, a few more. You're, uh, you're on a roll. I'm on a roll. Might as well keep going. Uh, we pray to find help in our time of need. And I love this Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, that Jesus Christ is our great high priest. Yeah. That after his resurrection, he ascended, he is seated at the right hand of God and he is serving us right now mm -hmm. from his throne. And that Jesus, as our high priest, he can actually sympathize with our weaknesses mm -hmm. because he came and lived the life that we lived. Yeah. Again, this is the beauty of the Christian faith is that we have a God who understands because he's worn our, our flesh, he's worn our flesh, and he's walked in our shoes. So Christ experienced all the pain and suffering and temptation and hardship and loss that we experience in life, but he did it perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, he faced all of that without sin. And so now as our high priest, he invites us to come to him anytime we need, in moments of weakness, in moments of temptation, and he offers grace and mercy to get us through. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to you today, if you feel like you are in need in some way, and I don't know what the need might be, maybe it's physical or emotional or mental or relational or spiritual, um, Christ knows what it's like, mm -hmm. and he invites you to come to him in prayer and to ask for what you need. I said this in the sermon over the weekend, and I think it's worth repeating that our God is attracted to weakness. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I don't want anybody to believe the lie that, well, if I'm going to come to God in prayer, I need to have my act together. Yeah, yeah clean up before you go in there. Clean up, <laughs> pull myself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. I, man, I need to walk into the throne room of God, showing him that I'm serious about getting this right. That is not what God needs from you. Mm -hmm. He just needs you to come in all of your weakness and to ask for his help. 
because he is a father who loves to help his kids. Yeah. You know, I use the analogy on uh, on Thursday and Sunday of a kid crying out to a parent for help. Mm-hmm. And I know anytime my girls do that, if they're in trouble and I hear help, I, you know, I run <laughs> in their direction. I don't blow it off or shrug it off. Yeah. And this is what God does for us mm-hmm. as a God who loves and cares and understands. He helps us in our time of need. Um, I'll hit two more and then we can move on. But okay. we pray to overcome temptation. We pray to overcome temptation. This is huge. Uh, as Jesus Christ was in the garden of Gethsemane the night before his crucifixion, you know, he took his disciples and, and a few of them even further into the garden to pray. And he said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Mm-hmm. The spirit, I love this line, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yes and amen, come on somebody, we all know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. We do, right? Yeah. It's like, man, I wanna honor God, and then part of me doesn't wanna honor God. Right. I wanna do the right thing, and there's this other part of me that, oh gosh, heck no, I don't wanna do the right thing. Yeah. And that's this war that's going on between our flesh and the spirit, right? So as believers in Jesus Christ who have been redeemed, the Holy Spirit lives in us. Mm-hmm. And because he lives in us, we have a new heart. We have new desires. We want to please God and honor God. The flesh is this broken part of us, yeah. hasn't yet been redeemed. And it's always trying to draw us away from God and towards sin. Mm-hmm. And so the way that we win that battle between flesh and spirit is through prayer. Uh, we go and we ask the spirit of God to give us the power we need to put sin to death. Yeah. You know, I love what Paul says in Romans 8, if the spirit lives in us, we have no obligation to sin. Mm-hmm. Like none, pa- like sin has no power over us anymore. We don't have to say yes yeah. because the spirit of God gives us the ability to say no. And the only reason we would say yes is if we're walking in the flesh over the spirit. Right. The way to constantly walk in step with the spirit is to stay in tune to the spirit, to yield our lives to him through prayer. Yeah. And so we pray to overcome temptation. One more, we pray to receive what we don't have. Um, I love this in, in James chapter four. Uh, James, he's addressing a church that's battling and fighting and quarreling. And there's all this division going on in the church because they want stuff they don't have. <laughs> and he says- uh, I've never had that problem. No, no we, don't, we do. have no idea yeah. what that's like, right? <laughs> But it's so funny. He says, uh, you, you don't have because you don't ask. Yeah. And you ask and don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passion. So the reason you don't have is because you're not asking. And the reason that you're not receiving what you're asking for is because you're asking for selfish reasons. Yeah. This is not about the glory of God and the good of people. This is all about you, man. You, mm-hmm. you just want what you want so that you can spend it and waste it on you. And, um, and I love this. The point that James is making simply in the text is that there are things that God wants to give us, but his giving is dependent upon our asking. Mm-hmm. That we must ask and we must ask with the right motivation. Yeah. And if we ask and we don't receive, it's either wrong motivation or we don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, God gives good <laughs> gifts to his kids. And so if he's withholding something from sure. you, there's probably a reason for that. Again, it's you're going to spend it on you or you just don't need it. Yeah to live the life that God has called you to live in his world. You can still make him known Mm -hmm. and you can still live a kingdom life without that thing. Um, But again, God invites us to come to him in prayer and to ask for what we need. And so if there's something you need, just ask for it. Yeah, Maybe God will give it. I have no idea. Is that enough? That's good. Okay, I, think I, got, that, I, I think that gives us enough to chew I, on. I have more, but I think I'll I'll save it oh, we'll for save another it. time. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about prayer at some point in the future. Probably again. so. Yeah, we'll yeah. I'll keep some out. in my back pocket. All right. So let's um, let's get into the second part and let's start talking about how. Okay. So you know, we've talked about how prayer is 
you know, it's one of the most neglected areas mm-hmm. of a Christian's life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, we talked about, you know, it, it's potentially because, you know, some people blame it on the sovereignty of God. Some people are saying, well, I prayed and I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah. But I think that there's a third reason. Um, and again, these are generalities. So yeah, there's yeah. probably a hundred different reasons, but I think we're, a third, just, we're stereotyping yeah. people on the podcast yeah. today, right? Yeah. That's okay, right? <laughs> uh, I think a third one, and you know, this is just what I've observed in my time in ministry in my own life is yeah. just experientially, you know, sometimes you just don't know how to pray, yeah. right? You, I, I don't know that I'm gonna, I don't have the right words. I'm, I don't know if I'm saying the right words as right, if there's right, some right. type of formula to it. Yep. Uh, you know, you've heard that person pray yep. that delivers without <laughs> fail and at the drop of a dime, <laughs> the, you know, the eloquent, yep, you know, yep. theologically yeah. rich prayers. And then everybody in the room is like, I ain't praying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so the, I think there's some intimidation sure. in just saying, well, I just really don't know how yeah. to even get started, especially yeah. for like a new believer that's right. never prayed before. It's a new idea. Yep, so yep. let's talk about like, like how practically do we okay. do that? Yeah. I love that. And I think the way you frame that question sets up the first answer that I would give beautifully. And here's my, here's answer number one. I got a lot of them, but here's answer one. Pray simply. Yeah. How do we pray? We, we pray simply going back to Matthew chapter six, again, as, as Jesus was talking about the Gentiles, the pagans, the heathens of his day, he says, don't heap up empty phrases Mm -hmm. like they do because they think they'll be heard for their many words. Yeah. So these were the guys thinking like, the more that I say and the longer that I pray and the more words that I use, the more I'm gonna persuade the gods to act on my behalf. And again, Jesus says, you don't have to pray like that. Yeah. You don't have to pray like that because again, God is a father. Mm-hmm. You know, I said it over the weekend that God doesn't need a lot of words from us. All he wants is a lot of heart. Yeah. John Bunyan, there's a great quote from John Bunyan where he said, in prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without heart. Yeah. Because this is what God is looking for. Mm-hmm. And in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus taught on prayer, he was aiming for the heart. Yeah. He was trying to get past the, the outward behavior of people, and he was making the point, the righteousness of the Pharisees and the religious leaders, that's not what God's looking for, mm-hmm. that outward righteousness. He's looking for an inward righteousness yeah. that really only he can produce in a person, and that inward righteousness results in a person coming to God in prayer with heart over words. So again, it's fine. Just pray simply. Mm-hmm. I'd say be yourself in prayer. Don't feel like you gotta be the person quoting Bible verses and using <laughs> theological language and praying for 10 minutes. It's like, gotta be at least three syllables or it doesn't right, count. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. You know, again, I think prayers can be as simple as God help, mm-hmm. God show up, God intervene, God, I need you, yeah. God, thank you. Pray simply. Um, second thing I would say is pray honestly. Mm-hmm. Pray honestly. Don't hold back in prayer. Yeah. Uh, there's a Psalm, Psalm 13, where where we see the writer doing this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Bro, I don't know about you, but I felt like that at times. Yeah. Like, I, man, the past few years, and I've been honest with our people, just been brutal for our family. Mm-hmm. And there were days where I felt like that. It's like, yeah. Lord, like when is this gonna give? Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, we, we feel forgotten in a sense. 
And I think the beautiful thing about the scriptures is that they reveal that God is okay with us praying this way. Yeah. <laughs> that God actually invites us to come to him and to be honest, like David did mm-hmm. in, in Psalm 13. And what happens as we pray honestly is that God goes to work in our lives and he starts to bind up those broken places and he reminds us of his care and his love. Yeah. You know, by the end of Psalm 13, you find David praising God. And I think in prayer, when we pray honestly, this is ultimately what happens. We bring all of our burdens, all of our anxieties, all of our frustrations. God meets us in the midst of that. We get him, right? Mm-hmm. Because God's attracted to weakness. And then all of a sudden, as we're praying honestly, we, we sense, okay, God is with me in this. Yeah. He hasn't abandoned me. He hasn't left me. He sees what I'm going through. He cares deeply about what I'm talking to him about. And and God shows up and is transformative in that way. Yeah. So you need to pray honestly. I, I'll just say this too. It's not like he doesn't know. <laughs> you might as well tell him. He tell knows him. what's in your heart. That's exactly right. So <laughs> just just say it, okay? Yeah. Uh, pray humbly mm-hmm. is the third thing that I would say. In other words, here's the way I framed it in the past. In other words, you need to be honest, but you need to be careful. Yeah. Because God is not on the same level as you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are a finite, broken human being. And we are talking about the infinite, perfect, sovereign God of the universe. He is holy. He is set apart. He is distinct. He is transcendent. He is so unlike us that he is almost foreign to us. Mm -hmm. And when we speak to him, we need to remember that. Uh, Job, this biblical character that we see in the Old Testament, he forgot that for a minute. Yeah. And then God put him in his place. For about two chapters. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was unbelievable. <laughs> but you know, Job, he, he basically had everything taken from him. Mm-hmm. Everything. His life fell apart. And he had terrible friends. Okay. If you have friends like Job, <laughs> you need to get some new friends. <laughs> terrible friends. Like, well, what did you do, man? I mean, surely your actions have caused all of this. And Obviously sin in your life. Terrible, yeah. right? And so, you know, his own wife's like, just curse God and die. It was bad. Yeah. And so Job's complaining against the Lord in these verses. I'll just read two, right? Like you said, there's chapters where God's put him in his place. But he's like, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. And then God is off and running. Yeah. So it's like, all right, Job, you want to do this, bro? Let's go. Yeah. And I suit up, man. It's about to get real. And, and it does. Four chapters. For four chapters, God puts him in his place. And so you and I just have to remember when we pray that while God, while God invites us to be honest, Mm -hmm. we also have to be mindful of who he is. He is a holy God. There's a difference between asking a question because you're seeking an answer and asking a question because you're leveling an accusation. That's a good word. It's a big difference. That is a good word. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. A few more. Let's do it. All right, pray confidently. This goes back to Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 that Jesus Christ as our high priest, he invites us to pray with confidence, mm-hmm. with confidence. Uh, that word means bold frankness. Yeah, It's like how my daughters talk to me at times, you know? It's funny how your kids will talk to you like they won't talk to anybody else. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm familiar, yes. Okay, why, <laughs> why is that? Because they're familiar with you. Yeah, They live in your house. Um, they interact with you on a daily basis. Like mm-hmm. I have said to one of my daughters, grown men don't talk to me the way that you talk to me. <laughs> it's crazy. But but there's this there's this familiarity there that results in a bold frankness or a confidence when they speak to you. And and it's not even always disrespectful. It's at times they just ask for insane things. Like, <laughs> what are you even talking about right now? Like 
It's un- uh, of course we're not <laughs> buying that. You know, it's crazy. But, uh, but this is the way that God invites us to pray, yeah. to speak to him with bold frankness. No fear. Just come confidently and ask for what you need. And again, Jesus Christ is the one who made the way for that. We talked about the veil a little mm-hmm. while ago. And uh, there was one guy who could go behind that veil one time a year, the high priest on the Day of Atonement. Yeah. And before he went in, he had to bathe a certain way and make sacrifices for his sins. And he even like dressed in certain garments. And then they would tie a rope to this brother. Yeah. Around his ankle, around his waist. Because if he did anything wrong before going into the presence of God, he was immediately struck dead. And they were going to go in there and get his body. So the rope was meant up. Hey, look, the bells that he yeah. wore, if they stop ringing, like we know we got to pull him out. Well, if they would have went in to get him, they would have died they too. They would have died. Yeah. So here's what I think so funny. The fear that existed in that guy before he went into the presence of God. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. But isn't it crazy that some people still fear going into the presence of God in a similar way? Mm-hmm. They don't go in with confidence. They go in with panic, with anxiety. And uh, and I love the writer of Hebrews. He's just going, stop that. Yeah. Stop it. Jesus is your high priest. He knows what you've been through. He conquered it all, faced it perfectly without sin. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. You can come anytime you want and ask for what you need with bold frankness. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Um, pray expectantly. Pray expectantly. Uh, I know that I've been guilty of this in my prayer life at times. You pray, and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, ah, he's never going to do that. <laughs> Have you have you done this once or twice? Once or twice, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to ask for this. Probably going to give it to me. Yeah, it's annoying, right? And and I think that's part of our sinful nature at play. Mm-hmm. But but it's also revealing because it shows uh, a lack of faith in us. Yeah. There's this great story in Acts 12. It's one of my favorite stories about prayer in all the Bible. Peter's imprisoned. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the early church gathers to have this prayer meeting. God, would you free Peter? Would you free our leader? And they're praying and they're praying and they're praying. Guess what? God does. He answers their prayer. Yeah. It's a prison break right there in Acts 12. Angel comes, busts him out of prison. It's awesome. Peter shows up at the house where they're praying. And the servant girl who's there, her name is Rhoda. She goes to the door. And when she realizes it's Peter, she doesn't even open the door. (laughs) She's so excited. She runs back to the prayer meeting and she's like, you're never going to believe this. God answered our prayer. And this church that was praying yeah. for the release of their leader doesn't believe her. Yeah, they're like, we're, we're, you're right. We don't believe it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. There's no way that God could have actually done what we've been asking for. Rhoda, just come back to the prayer meeting. Yeah. And you know, Peter's out there banging on the door. Let me in. He's mm-hmm. just broken out of prison. Let yeah. me in. <laughs> and I think, again, that's the way we pray at times. It's like, I'm going to ask God, but I don't think he's going to do it. And then when he does it, it's like we try to find ways around, yeah. you know, the fact that it was actually him. Yeah. And so, again, I think when we read the Bible, what we see is this instruction to pray expectantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 7, 7 through 11, this is, again, Jesus. Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? And so, again, when we know that we are praying to a Father who loves us, who can do anything, we should ask Mm -hmm. and expect to receive. We might not get what we ask for exactly as we've asked for it, but we can be sure that God's going to give us something. Mm -hmm. And at the very least, again, we get God. So we pray expectantly. Yeah. 
I'll give a couple more. Um, pray persistently. Pray persistently. There's a great story in Luke uh, 18 about this persistent widow who keeps coming back to this judge and see, she's asking for justice and he's denying her. So she's just going back and back and back and back and back. And she's like wearing this poor brother down. Yeah. And finally he concedes and he's like, okay, I'm going to do for you what you've been asking for. And Jesus's point in the parable is not annoy God. He's not, <laughs> he's not contradicting what he taught in Matthew 6, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but his simple point is, hey, persist in prayer and don't give up. Mm-hmm. Persist in prayer and don't give up. So on a practical level, here's what that means. You might be praying for something and you might have to pray for a good long while yeah. before you see God do anything. And I think it's one of the ways that God grows us in faith and trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend in our church. He, he sadly passed away, um, gosh, man, a year and a half ago. And he shared the story with me about leading his father-in-law to Christ at 80 years old. Wow. 80. Yeah. A lot of prayer went into that man's conversion. He and his wife prayed for years and years and years and years and years before they saw any type of change. And then finally it came. And they persisted in prayer that entire time. And and some of you might need to persist in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to a lot of women in our church recently who have husbands who don't believe. Yeah, I've talked to people in our church who have prodigal sons and prodigal daughters, you know, who've abandoned their faith in Christ. And I know it's easy to get to a point where you're like, okay, well, I've prayed and asked and nothing's changing. What should I do? Keep praying. Yeah. Like, do not stop. If they have blood in their veins and and breath pumping through their lungs, man, like there's a chance that God can do something in their lives. And so I would just say, whatever it is that you're praying for, just persist in prayer because you never know what God might do. Mm -hmm. So pray persistently. Um, I'll I'll do two more. Pray biblically. I think it's easy at times to get stuck in prayer. Mm -hmm. And praying biblically is one way to not get stuck in prayer. Yeah. There's a guy named Donald Whitney who wrote a book called Praying the Bible. And it's a resource that I would tell you to grab if you've never read it, uh, or if you've never read it, excuse me. But he actually teaches you how to pray the scripture. Yeah. And so again, if you wake up one day and you're like, I don't know, things are pretty good. I don't know, whatever. Thanks, God. What? How should I pray? Here's what you do. You open your Bible and you go to a passage of scripture. And as you read it, you let the word prompt you in prayer. Yeah. And so I, I had Psalm 103 down here, and I'll, I won't do the whole thing, but uh, just as an example, he does not deal with us according to our sins. Okay, so I would stop and pray, thank you, God, for not dealing with me according to my sins. Yeah. And I know that you don't deal with me according to my sins because Christ has made the payment for my sin. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God, for that. Yeah. Going on, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. God, thank you for not giving me what I deserve. Yeah. Thank you for mercy, for withholding that. Mm -hmm. And again, I know it's all because of Christ. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. God, thank you for your love today. Thank you for the vastness of you. I'll never understand it. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. God, thank you that you have removed my sin from me. That you have cast it into the sea of forgetfulness and you remember it no more. Again, I could keep going, yeah. but the point is, if you pray biblically, you never get stuck in prayer. Yeah, You can always open the word of God, and there's plenty there, and you just let it serve as your prompt to pray. And then one more, pray unceasingly. 
And this is First Thessalonians 5.17 that we pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And really, this is about us maintaining a constant attitude of prayerfulness. Yeah. So this is not like you in a secret closet somewhere 24-7, just going after it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would even say, you know, this is you allowing life mm-hmm. and, and even your experiences, experiences in life to prompt you to prayer. Yeah. So maybe you get up early in the morning, you're driving your kids to school and you're praying for your kids and for their day at school. Mm-hmm. And if you drop them, you're heading to work and you're praying, all right, God, help me to work for your glory today. Yeah. And help me to be a servant to my coworkers. And then you're at work and you got to walk into a meeting and you go, hey, Holy Spirit of God, would you give me the wisdom that I need to, to make wise decisions yeah. in the meeting that I'm about to go into? And, and then you have a lunch meeting with a coworker who's struggling and you say, Holy Spirit, give me words of life and encouragement to speak into them today. And, you know, you're driving home after work and the sun is beginning to set. You go, God, thank you so much for your beautiful creation. Yeah, I see your glory written in the heavens and all day long, you're just allowing life to prompt you to pray. This is this is maintaining that constant attitude of prayerfulness. Right. Before you walk in the door, you pull in your driveway and you're like, God, I don't know what I'm walking into. Help me to love my wife and my kids. Yeah. My, my wife, she's been dealing with kids. She's probably stressed out. And so <laughs> help me to walk in and be a servant, you yeah. know, and whatever it is. And so pray unceasingly. And uh, I think if we'll be intentional about walking in fellowship with God like that, mm-hmm. that we're going to experience God's presence in ways that maybe we haven't just yet. Yeah. So h- how to pray, those would be answers that I would give. I think that, um, I think it's interesting what you're talking about, like basically praying the Bible. That's right. Yeah. Uh, personally, I would say that would be an excellent place to start. Yeah. Uh, especially if you just look at any of Paul's letters, he's got a prayer in most of them. Almost all of them, yeah. Um, you know, that's something that I've done periodically over the years is just get out Paul's prayers and start praying those things yep. over myself, over my family, over yep. you know our church, you know, all of those things. It helps you to... You know, when we talk about prayer, it's like it's just the laundry list of requests. Like, hey, you know, almost like our wish list for Santa Claus, right? Like all the things we want for (laughs) Christmas and then we deliver the list and then we're done. Right. Um, You know, if we're wanting that richer, more robust prayer life, what better place to start than in the word? That's right. Um, There's a couple of things I was thinking about as you were talking, like, you know, someone's listening to this and they're, they're fresh into it. Yeah. They don't even know where to start and like using all of these things. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe there's still a level of intimidation Yeah, that says, okay, that's really helpful, but I just need to know five words. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say um, my advice would be to not feel like you have to be, you have to have a prayer closet and you have to be in that prayer closet for six hours a day on your knees yeah. and you have to do all these things right out of the gate. It's just like anything else. You've got to work up to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about fasting right. next week. You got to yeah. work up to it. That's right. So like, you know, if you're just getting started um, in kind of building that prayer life, mm-hmm. it's okay if you don't have to pray for an hour for it to count, right? Right, right, right. You know, like you said, pray simply. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. Could, it could just simply be a few sentences, Yep. but you build on it. That's right. You don't have to stay there. You keep growing yeah. it. And, you know, I, I'm reminded of, you know, James says, if any of you lack wisdom, all you got to do is ask. That's exactly right. Yeah. So maybe that's where you start. Hey, yeah. Lord, I want to commune with you more. Please help me know right, how to right. do this yep. better. Yeah. Uh, and then it's lean good. into that and then see what uh, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's the person who walks into the gym and 
it's the new year, so all kinds of people are back in the gym right now. <laughs> it's crowded. But it is. <laughs> yeah, yesterday in our gym, yeah, there were a lot of people there. Um, yeah, anyway. But I think about the person who's walking into the gym as the beginner. Mm-hmm. Dude, you, you don't get on the squat rack and put 315 on the bar and, and rep out, you know, 10 reps. It's yeah. like, no, man, you, you probably need to start with the barbell. Yeah. And just focus on technique mm-hmm. and and moving the barbell, the empty barbell, yeah. efficiently, and then you start adding weight. and And I think the same thing is true spiritually. When we think about spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. they are called disciplines for a reason. Yeah. And and if we're going to be disciplined and do these things, to your point, Mike, it's like, yeah, you're you're not going to be an expert day one, and you're not going to do a bunch of heavy lifting day one, and that is okay. Yeah. God's okay with that. Mm-hmm. I think about even too, and I've heard this analogy from guys in the past, like, you know, if you're new in your faith, if you think about like the toddler who's learning to walk, uh, the parents are excited when they take three steps and fall. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, they walked. <laughs> the parents are not like condemning the kid. I can't yeah. believe you only took three steps. <laughs> and I think at times, like this is the way we think of God is like, I can't believe you only spent five minutes in prayer. <laughs> I think God's going, dude, you, you, yeah, you prayed did today. It. Yes. That's, hey, keep talking to me. That's awesome. And so yeah. celebrate those victories and, and ease in and, and do what you can do and know that the spirit of God is going to grow you as you uh, practice the disciplines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to transform you more into the image of Christ and yeah. you'll get better over time. One last thing I just thought of. Yeah. Uh, and this was some advice I got a few years ago talking about prayer life, like you said, if you're doing all the talking, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I think you had hit on this a little bit earlier, I think, because I, I remember, I think that's what kind of sparked my memory about it. But, you know, so often we, you know, and especially if we're crying out to him, mm. you know, we just lay it all out there. Yeah. And then we say, in Jesus name, amen. And then we get <laughs> up and, you know, we go to work or we go do laundry yeah. or yep. we go do something. But I found that incorporating one to two minutes mm-hmm. before I get up to just yeah. sit there and be quiet yep. and wait. Yeah. Because we're asking for answers, but I'm, I wonder how often I get up mm-hmm. before I get the answer. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage you to don't feel like you've got to do all the talking yep. in your prayer life either. It's good. laying it all out there and then just simply yeah. sitting there and quiet yeah. and listening. Yeah. Don't rush out of the presence of yeah. God. It's good. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like that's a good place to put a pin in it for this week. Agree. Okay. All right. So if you have any questions uh, that you would like us to unpack from the sermon uh, or just from the Bible or theology in general, you can send us those questions by email. You can direct message us on your favorite social media platform, or you can text the word question to the number 22722. Uh Again, we'd just like to thank you for listening to The Pursuit this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, uh, go ahead and click that like and subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating. Um, And if you want to check out our church and find out more information about us and who we are and what we do, you can check us out at crosspointcity.com or on your favorite social media platform. But until next week, know that we're here for you and we love you.